Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Worship Ministry Training Podcast. My name is Alex Enfiejin, your host. This is a monthly podcast for worship leaders and worship team members, and we release one episode per month and try, as much as we're able, to keep those topics to very practical, tangible things that you can take and implement immediately into your worship ministry to improve it. Um, But this month, I had the opportunity to talk with Matt Redman, and instead of taking kind of like a nitty-gritty, tangible, hands-on, worship-leading topic with him, I thought it would be better use of our time to get his overarching perspective on the global state of worship around the world. Uh, You know, Matt has been involved in kind of the global worship community for over two decades, so I asked Matt to share kind of his big-picture view of where we're at as a worship culture globally, some encouraging trends he's seeing, some concerns that he has, and just some pastoral, big brotherly advice to us local church worship leaders. So today's episode is a little bit less tactical and a little bit more of a big picture overview of where we're at and an encouragement to focus on the areas that he believes we need to focus on in order to steward this thing called corporate worship well into the future. And I'm looking forward to sharing those thoughts with you. But first, I want to tell you about our recommended product of the month. It is Planning Center, one of our favorite products. Planning Center is the most robust, easy-to-use, highly effective tool that you could ever imagine Uh, for planning and managing your worship services, your teams, your songs, and all of that. So it does so many things so well for such a cheap price. I just can't recommend it enough. I use it every single day. It starts at $14 a month, and you can try it for free for 30 days. But if you don't have something that you're using to manage your services and your teams and your songs, you have to check out Planning Center. You can check it out at planning.center, planning.center. All right, well, that's the recommended product of the month. Let's get into my interview with Matt Redman. Hey, everybody. I am here with the one and only Matt Redman. Matt, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It is a pleasure. Awesome. Matt, God has really allowed you to be one of the pioneers of the modern worship movement. And because of the influential position that he's given you, you've been able to travel all over this little world of ours, leading worship in various contexts, teaching at worship conferences, writing with influential worship songwriting circles. And because I think, because you've been steeped in this worship culture for two decades now at a global level, I think you have some really unique big picture perspective on the current state of worship culture. So I would just love it if you could speak to us and all of the worship leaders listening today as sort of the older, wiser brother about what you see as the current state of worship across the globe, things like where we're currently at, what are some of the positive trends you're seeing, what are some worrisome things that you see, uh, and where you'd like to see us moving in the future. Does that, that all sound good to you? Sounds great. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. So let's start here. Matt, what would your assessment be of where the church is at today in terms of worship and worship culture uh, on a national level or maybe even a global level? And how are things changing from maybe even the last 10 years ago? That's a great question and a big question. I mean, one of the things that springs to mind is if I look back over the last 20 years, I've seen so much musical development, like production values and excellence and people trying out different things in terms of progressive creativity and all that kind of thing. But I don't know how much we've moved on in terms of the lyric side of things. Mm. It feels like a lot of the gains we've made in terms of being culturally relevant with music in terms of bringing our best in that area. I look at the lyrics and I think, I don't think we've moved on much in that area. And actually, 
the tide of culture is moving every day towards irreverence rather than reverence. So it's almost like we've got to work harder. You know, every time I speak to a pastor or teacher and ask them about this, some of them are grieved. Some of them are just feeling a little bit disappointed, all different levels. But what they're all saying is we've got to do better with the lyrics. We've got to paint a bigger picture of God. We've got to get to grips with lots of the elements of his nature and character. It can't just be songs about the I mean, cross, which is awesome. You have to have the cross in there, the center of the cross. But sometimes you look through a record or you look at uh, a service and it's basically songs about the cross and songs about how God's close to you in hard times. And you know, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes that's pretty much all that's on the table. And, I, and I'm pointing the finger at myself as much as anyone else. I just know we can do better in this area. Totally. So like a lack of lyrical depth maybe would be an assessment of the musical side of things. And I'm just curious too, like, what would you say, like, you know, you're, you're all over the world at these worship events. Like, what would you say the spiritual side of things are looking like? What's your assessment of that? Is it, are we deep? Are we hungry? Are we kind of uh-huh. complacent or has it become all about the show? Are people just hungry for the production? What, what's your assessment of kind of the, the worship atmosphere or the worship culture right now? Uh, I mean, man, it's too hard to do a sweeping statement. Um, mm. One thing I love that's come through the last decade and more is this worship and justice pursuit, which so much of the church now is reaching out to the community or reaching to areas of injustice or helping the downtrodden or the broken or the forgotten, and they're linking it with worship. Mm. They're seeing it as worship. And I love that. It's almost like we're singing and then completing the integrity of that singing. So I love all that stuff. Um, You know, I think one of the things just to always think about is this whole thing of a when, we, when you have a stage and you elevate people and you've got big production happening, you've got to still run everything through the lens of the kingdom of God. And it's not, not good to over-elevate people. It's not good to paint a picture of people where people only see them doing what, them doing what they do best and none of their weak points. So it's important if you're on a stage, you remember this isn't the whole picture. Uh, and it's important that if you're off a stage, looking at people on stage, it's the same thing. I think it's one of the biggest things, especially in these days, all these massive big social media followings and accounts can be so easy just to show people your highlights real. And that's not going to help anyone. And it's not real. It's not true. You know, Jesus was perfect, but the disciples weren't and no one has been since, Mm. you know, and we're all trying to live holy lives, but it's really important. You know, the older I get, the more I realize some of the areas I still need to grow in so much as a father, as a husband, as a friend, you know, and ultimately as a worshiper. And I think that's just one of the biggest things to me. There's no point getting good at production and doing all this stuff and having all these bright, shining lights and awesome music if we're not walking well in it. And I think it's so important for the current leaders and it's so important for young people coming through to keep that whole pursuit of character as the biggest goal, you know, one of the biggest goals in the mix. And it's interesting. You can even walk through, um, I don't know, Sometimes I don't see much kindness in the mix. Mm. I see a lot of productivity, you know, and people getting a lot done. And sometimes I think I'd rather get a little bit less done and have more kindness in the mix. Mm. So some of these things that we have to watch out for in today's world, you know, it's real important that we run everything through the lens of being a Christian and through the lens of the gospel. There's a great thing in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. The message version says it like this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture 
that you fit into it without even thinking. You know, a stage is a very common thing in culture and elevating people and celebrating celebrity or giving people a high status is a very common thing in culture. But when it comes to church, we've got to make sure that we don't become so well adjusted to how everyone else thinks that in the church we we, we do it that way without even thinking. Yeah, I love that because what you're really saying, Matt, is that the external is such a huge focus, but you're saying yeah. we need to focus on the internal, the the inner life, the being a great husband, being a great father or wife or whatever, and really like having that heart of worship, you know, pardon the pun, but really like that's truly, worship is obedience, right? Worship is honoring Absolutely. Christ. So I love that. I love you calling us back to that. So um, besides maybe some of the musical progress we've made, what are some other encouraging trends you're seeing in the worship space uh, as of today? That's a really great question. Um, it's a bit cheeky, but on um, my new record, it's a bit cheeky to mention that probably, but you know, I've really had a heart to reach out across some different streams and particularly some of the kind of gospel music stream, more African-American kind of dominant stream. I've been around some leaders and musicians and writers from that area and think, man, we don't work or worship much together, but we should do because we're better together, mm. you know? And there's not a lot of enmity between some of these streams, but there's not a lot of effort sometimes either as well. So it's made a real concerted effort on this new Glory Song record to lean into that a bit. And right from the from the songwriting through to the playing and the singing and the whole thing, um, you know, putting a gospel choir on the whole thing at the end as well. Just just thinking like we're better together, you know, and that's been a real important thing. And and. My point of why I'm saying that is I think we've got a long way to go still. But when we get that right in the church, it's a beautiful thing. And I see more and more some of the streams of the church wouldn't usually add a whole lot to do with each other. You know, it could be a real kind of high Anglican thing with a more Pentecostal stream or whatever it is. When we start getting together for worship and for mission, I think God's smile is all over it. I think it would be such a powerful thing. And I'm encouraged to see more and more of that happening. Mm, that's good. So more, you're seeing more collaboration and less division. And even I, I have a feeling, you know, cause I see, you know, your songwriting credits with some other spheres of people that maybe theologically aren't in like the same as you, but you guys put those differences aside and you're like, you know what, like we are on the same team and this is about worshiping Jesus. So you're seeing yeah. m- more well, collaboration, I right? I, yeah, I absolutely love that. And I think you know, I get the privilege of getting into so many different streams of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can be something one day which is all fast and free and flowing and loud, and the next day, you know, it, it's kind of bells and smells and, you know, we're all kind of high church thing. And I'm comfortable in both, but I recognize both are part of the body of Christ, and I'm pretty sure Christ sees it that way too. Yeah. And so we have to celebrate that. And rather than just focus on all the areas we don't agree on. Why don't we try and find some common ground and create some beautiful music for God? And, you know, I've been to a lot of streams where I don't subscribe to everything they believe. Mm -hmm. um, But I see, you know, some of the core things we've got in common. And actually, I've got a lot to learn. You know, that that's where you learn when you're around people who are different from you. I mean, putting that in a songwriting context, some of them, less exciting and less fruitful songwriting times I've had when I'm in a room with someone who's exactly like me. They grew up in the same space I did, learned to think the same way I did, approach songwriting the same way I do. Sometimes the very best things are when you're with someone who's very different to you, different approach, and 
grew up in a different environment, learned to think differently about their creative process. So again, back to this record, Tasha Cobbs, Leonard, we had a couple of days together songwriting with a couple of other folk. And I don't know, it felt like God was smiling on that time for sure. But I just loved it. She was coming at things from a very different way than I would and seeing things differently. And I felt like I was learning so much and we were sharpening each other. Mm -hmm. I love that collaboration. And it's cool and encouraging to hear that you see churches and streams of people collaborating that haven't normally. But like you said, we do, we still have room to grow in it, but at least it's, it's starting to happen. Yeah. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, are there any broad strokes, things that concern you about where we're at as a worship culture? <laughs> I mean, I've probably mentioned a couple of them already. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things is just making sure the fruit of the Spirit is in the mix. You know, it's no point doing great stuff and being efficient and all this great thing if you're not being peaceful and patient and gentle and kind, uh, you know, and loving and joyful. Mm -hmm. And again, I point the finger at myself. You know, when I get into making a record or when I get to leading worship at some big event, it can get a little stressful. Mm -hmm. You've got to be efficient. The stuff that has to be done. But I want to be joyful in that moment. I want to be enjoying serving God and worshiping him. I want to be peace loving, you know, and I want to be gentle and kind and, and being patient. And it's so easy, isn't it, to get allured by some of these other things. Again, like... The call to be a worship leader is a call to serve and not to be served. Mm. The problem is that in the world, if you get up on a stage, actually you're going to be served, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's a fundamental difference because everything looks the same. I strap a guitar on just like that guy did. I plug into a sound system like that guy did. I get up on a stage like that guy did. But he might be doing it for himself and he might be hoping people are going to serve him, but I'm doing it to serve mm. and i think it's so important like i said the stage uh, or the spotlight can be such a disorientating place and it's really important that we uh be ruthless with our hearts and just making sure we're bringing the values of the kingdom into everything we do yeah yeah we don't want to be screaming at our wife or screaming at someone backstage and then okay now i can get out and lead worship <laughs> that's such Absolutely. a that's hypocrisy right she said i'm done you know to live everything you sing but um so important, isn't it, to, to keep an eye on that? Yeah, so good. Thank you. This is like already super, super helpful. Um, what, where do you see that we're headed next? Do you, do you kind of have a guess what's around the corner for us as, as a worship, global worship community? Like, where are we headed? I, and I, don't, I know that's a very abstract question, but do you have any ideas? Actually, I, I mean, I don't have a ton of ideas, but I know we've got to get more truth into the songs. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, something doesn't have to be complicated to be have a lot of content in it you can have songs which are simple but not shallow mm -hmm. i love how great is our god that would be prime example it's nothing complicated about that song but it's got some lovely resonating truths in the verses that you get to respond to in the chorus mm -hmm. and why i think we're probably going to head into that area because i just hear so many pastors who are highlighting that and say come on bit more depth here please mm -hmm. you know so it's got to happen and you know it's not an easy thing to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but sometimes i reckon if we worked as hard on the lyrics as we do on the music and the sounds 
we'd probably be a bit further on. Yeah. I reckon it's heading in that direction. Yeah. And speaking about the sounds, you know, like I'm curious, you know, you've led all over the world. Do you feel like the American Western form of worship music is being exported and adopted by other cultures and countries because of like things like tracks and uh, stems instead of those places kind of embracing their own indigenous sound? Or do you feel like uh, churches are doing a good job of really producing a natural sound that comes out of and resonates out of the body? Well, I think, you know, the world has changed and culture spreads so quickly these days in youth culture. You can show up in a back street in Mumbai, India, or a township in South Africa, or United Arab Emirates, and you'll see American culture is shaping so much. Mm. You know, it's shaping fashion, it's shaping music. So it's not going to be any different with worship music. You know, I, I definitely get the point about not inflicting our style on indigenous cultures and let them come up with their own expression but actually the other reality is that's just not how the world works mm-hmm, these days mm-hmm. but we've got to celebrate that as well because it's america is the biggest missionary sending nation america is a nation which resources so much of the church around the world who couldn't afford to resource themselves and i love that you know i kind of celebrate that and i love these days where through youtube or social media or other forms of the World Wide Web, whatever you want to call it these days, songs and content can travel so quickly mm. around the globe. It's amazing. I love that. Yeah. We have to celebrate that and use that. Yeah, totally. We don't want to all be one the same. I know what you're saying. You don't want everything to be big, vanilla. Everything sounds the same everywhere you go. Definitely not. I'm definitely not advocating that. I'm just saying, uh, you know, there is a part of it where uh, Western culture does seem to set the tempo for so many cultures when it comes to fashion and, and music. Yeah, and I, I do love that your new album does bring sort of an, a fresh sound to kind of the, I, w- I don't want to call it generic or vanilla, but you know, this modern worship sound has a certain style and sound, but I love that your newest album, Glory Song, is really pushing that in a new direction and, and infusing some like gospel Afro-American roots to it. It's really, really cool. And I'm excited to talk about that. One, oh, thanks, man. So, so one, one huge question for you, what would you say the church needs most right now from worship leaders? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, again, I think some of these questions, they're so hard to answer. There's so many things you could say and yeah. it's hard to do big sweeping statements. I'm sorry. Just, I think, no, 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 it's not. I'm just saying, you know, the main and plain stuff, you know, they need humility from us. Mm. They need us to care about people more than we care about music. They need us to be pastors and shepherds. You know, it's just, I think it's a good question. I wasn't dissing your question. I'm just saying it. I'm, I'm, I'm not qualified to answer it, but I feel like, um, it's really just always keeping the main and plain things in sight, mm. serving people, being shepherds, being pastors, looking out on that congregation, making sure you love them, making sure you're not just thinking about if your song went well, but you're thinking about that person. Did their week go well? Mm. You know? Yeah, no, that's so good. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about your new album, Glory Song. So what excites you about this album, Matt? I love that I got to work with an amazing team. I mean, people sometimes don't see all the people behind the scenes on these things. If you include the big group vocals, there's nearly 200 people on this record. Wow. But even without them, there's a good 60, 70 people involved. Uh, probably about 14 songwriters, ton of musicians and singers and engineers, a couple of producers, Jeremy Griffiths and Jeremy Edwardson are both amazing people. Um, so many people. 
but I think the thing I love more than anything else about the record, which I touched on earlier, was just some of the freshness that comes through some of the new relationships. And the opening of the record was this gospel choir bringing this awesome sound. And um, the guest on that first track is Kiara Shiad, who's just an amazing, amazing vocalist with a great big heart for God. You get into gospel song, which is next, with my friend Governor B on it, rapping on it. And then pretty soon after that, you've got Tasha Cobbs, Leonard showing up. And I just love, there's this flow and it's got this gospel tone to it. It's still very much me. Mm -hmm. And I hope these songs are going to help people see God and sing to God. I hope they're going to be helpful for leading worship. Um, What are two or three of the songs that you think worship leaders will really find congregationally friendly that they should be thinking about adding to their set lists? (laughs) I definitely can't answer that question. (laughs) Uh, All Glory, the album starts with the aim of that was to be like a call to worship. Might be a good service opener, but only you can tell me that. Um, sure. I really like gospel songs. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like the happiness of that. Yeah. You know, um, it's kind of nice to have some joy in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. The gospel song, Gracefully Broken, we've been leading a lot and seen people respond to. One day when we all get to heaven, it's really landed powerfully in some moments singing about all the hope that's on the horizon and, mm. and seeing Jesus face to face. And one day, no more tears, no more troubles, no more temptation. No more depression, no more cancer, mm. none of those things which plague us in this day and age. You know, one day all that's going to fade away and it's going to be far outweighed by the glory that's going to be revealed. So I've loved singing that over people. Cool. Anything else uh, you want to add about Glory Song? Uh, don't. I don't think so. Okay. All right, cool. We'll put the links in the show notes. People can definitely go get it right now. It's out. So, um, man, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any final encouragements for our worship leaders listening around the globe? Yeah, I think I would say just God loves team. So easy in life to just think I'll do it all my own. I'll be a lone ranger. I don't think creativity usually thrives on that. And also the kingdom of God isn't really designed to work like that. So, Try build songwriting partnerships, build amazing teams, these little environments where you can sharpen each other and your gifting and your calling and your skills and your gifts. And make sure you reach out to some people who aren't exactly like you. Mm. Sometimes when you get a room with everyone the same, that can, uh, that can hinder the ongoing creativity. Maybe go across uh, the street to another church you've never been in or go and hunt down some stream of the church you've never been anywhere near and you know they're solid and maybe build some bridges and some relationship and see what comes out creatively. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you, Matt. I'm, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes for your website, mattredman.com, and your social media stuff. And people oh, can, thanks, man. Yeah. And we'll uh, obviously link all your albums, but especially the new album, Glory Song. So, Matt, thank you for your time today, and God bless you as you continue You're a good man. You made it easy. Thanks so much. <laughs> awesome. Well, I hope you were encouraged and challenged by some of the things that Matt said in this month's episode. I know I was. Let's be sure as worship leaders to keep the heart pure and to keep the heart of worship at the center of what we do. Amen. Uh, Be sure to check out Matt's new album, Glory Song. You can find the links in the show notes. Also, check out our sponsor for this episode, Planning Center at planning.center. Again, plans are just 14 bucks a month, but you can try it for free for 30 days. 
Also, if you don't mind writing us a review on iTunes, it helps us so much um, keeping this podcast in front of other people searching for worship-related podcasts. So just go to worshipministrytraining.com slash review, and it'll show you how to leave us a review. Or if you think you can figure it out on your own, dig into the iTunes podcast app and leave us a five-star review. We would love that. Um, So thank you guys for doing that for us. God bless you guys, and I will see you in a month with another helpful episode on January 1st, 2018. God bless. Bye.